0: Welcome to the AK-47 podcast. Happy International Women's Day, although I think for many people around the world, this is actually not that happy of a day in 2022, as the world seems to melt down around us. Uh, Today, I decided to read a piece by Alexandra Kolontai called The Third International, and this is a english translation of a speech that she gave in chicago in 1915 during the first world war and it was published in the american socialist and the context of this speech is very important because at the outbreak of the first world war many of the social democratic parties particularly the social democratic party In Germany, voted war credits to the Kaiser, meaning that they chose nationalism over internationalism. So the whole idea of the international was that the workers of the world would unite with each other against the Interests of the ruling classes, the bourgeoisie, the oligarchs, whoever they are in the world who are controlling everything and who go to war in order to prevent the working classes from rising up against the system. War is a tool to distract from the iniquities of the global economic system. So here is Alexander Kolontai in 1915. And she's trying, I think quite genuinely, to put a hopeful spin on what she sees as the terrible divisions of the left at this particular moment in time. Because for a while, the left in Europe was united in their kind of anti-war pacifist position. And then with the outbreak of World War One. All of the socialist parties ended up becoming extremely nationalist with the exception, you know, of a few and obviously of the Bolsheviks, which is why Kolontai becomes a Bolshevik during this period of time. And I think it's a really important lesson because the other thing that I really like about this speech that she gives in the United States in 1915 is her focus on the youth The idea that young people are the future, that we have to basically abdicate our power, meaning the older, our meaning the older generation. I am a Gen Xer, so I consider myself part of the older generation at this point. We need to abdicate our power and authority to a certain extent to younger people who have a fresher view of the world, who have a clearer take on what is needed to fix the many problems that we are facing. And that is no less true in the 21st century than it was at the very beginning of the 20th century. And that's why I really like this particular piece. So I'm going to read now Alexandra Kollontai's The Third International for International Women's Day 2022. All right. When in the distant future, some historian shall picture the bloody year of horror and describe the shattering crisis in the labor movement and the division and dissolution of the socialist international, he will be compelled to declare, quote, in the depths, in spite of the wavering of faith and pessimism, in spite of the despair and ruling distrust of one another, there arose during this time the fresh and vital germ of a new international of labor, that international that has fulfilled the great work of releasing the proletariat from the yoke of capitalism, unquote. I do think it's interesting that she uses the pronoun he in that paragraph, but we'll let that slide for now. Back to Colin Ty. The third international is no utopia no baseless vision of incorrigible optimism. The elements from which it has to be built are already in our midst and have been called into life by the existing crisis." The new international of labor is made up of such men as Karl Liebknecht, the members of the Russian Duma languishing in Siberia, the ever-growing left of the German and Russian social democratic parties that have remained true to the principles of the class struggle in socialism. And by here, she means true to the principles of nonviolence and non-aggression. The next section is called The New Elements. The third international of labor includes the brave Italian comrades who have protested to the last against the murder of the people. In the new international are the few French socialists and unions and the numerous English party members of the International Labor Party and the British Socialist Party who have fought for the fundamental principles of the working class, who have raised their protest against the war and who will have nothing to do with civil peace. The new coming international is composed of those workers who have met the compulsory civil peace with strikes and uprisings. But the real, the firm basis of the new international must be formed of the socialist youth. Youth, the bearer of the future. Youth, that cares so little for the past and expects everything from the coming life and the future. Youth whose heart is not contaminated with the petty bourgeois mentality and whose mind cannot be misled by the ideology of a bygone age. The fresh, brave, revolutionary, sacrificing youth of labor that presses forward, ever forward. The next section is called All Children of Age. It is no accident that in the decisive historical moments, it was just the great and the old men who sacrificed the ideals of the future to the past, to the ancient outgrown principles. A person who may be ever so great as a thinker and fighter, he still is and must remain only the child of his age. And every age has its own ideology and its own progressive tasks. When our quote-unquote great men, leaders, laid the cornerstones of the Second International, the principle of the defense of the fatherland was a progressive and democratic principle, closely bound up with the struggle of the Third Estate to establish the modern capitalist state defense of the fatherland belongs to the time of the defense of democracy against the last attacks of feudalism, when to stand for the national state was to create the indispensable foundation for the class movement of the proletariat. It is to be wondered at that it is just the old comrades, the great men whose services to the movement remain invaluable, that look upon the defense of the fatherland as the highest duty of the proletariat and that appear to overlook the fact that the maintenance of the class solidarity of the proletariat of the world has now supplanted this old duty. The anarchist Kropotkin and the Marxist Plekhanov, the orthodox Kautsky and the wavering Vanderveld, Alder and Valiant can all join hands All are agreed upon the fatal, false, and absolute principle, first fatherland, and then the party. Hope is in youth. It lies in the hands of the youth of labor to put an end to this false idea and to attack with fresh courage the new task of the labor movement. It is the youth of labor that must weld together the shattered links of the international. But while the new international corresponds to the new conditions of life and conducts an effective and vital battle against the enemy, this new and third international must have three cornerstones as its foundation. The first cornerstone must be the organic, organized unity of the labor international. No purely formal, no purely external alliance of national parties can constitute the center of the world proletariat. Its task must be to replace jingoism and narrow patriotism with the feelings of international solidarity and supplant allegiance to the fatherland with allegiance to class. What have laborers to defend in a capitalistic state? Their outlawry? Their exploitation? Their fetters? The watchword of the new international must be no war of defense, in the conflict of capitalist states, but an aggressive war of conquest of the working class against the entire capitalist world. The next section is called Revolutionary Tactics. The second cornerstone must be the revolutionary tactics and methods of fighting of the organized proletariat. We stand on the edge of tremendous, unavoidable revolutionary struggles. The capitalist method of production has reached its zenith. Private property and national boundaries stand in the road of its further development. Conditions are ripe to call into life the last decisive battle. The second great task of the new international must be to equip this proletariat of all nations for this decisive struggle. There remains the third cornerstone— the decisive and relentless battle to the bitter end against war between nations and peoples and against the domination of militarism. War between nations and peoples robs the proletariat of its strongest and only irresistible weapon, class solidarity. War weakens the class feelings and brings with it civil peace, the highest aspiration of the capitalist world." It is the power of youth to take up all these splendid tasks. The building of the new international depends upon them. Make way for the socialist youth, the bearers of the future. In all reverence, we bear our heads to the veterans of the movement, but it is only through the anti-reform, anti-military, revolutionary-minded, and internationally organized youth of labor that a new strong, creative, international of labor can be erected. Okay, so that was Alexandra Kolontai from 1915, talking about trying to rally a new generation of young socialists to stand up against the militaristic impulses of the old world. On this March 8th, International Women's Day, I think it's more important than ever to reflect upon Alexandra Kolontai's thoughts and words in this speech that she gave in the United States in the year 1915 during the First World War. She's clearly pointing out that militarism and aggression is a tool of economic elites to redistribute wealth amongst themselves. They become unhappy with the particular global distribution of wealth and then they go to war against each other in order to redistribute that wealth, not among the people, but among the elites of these different national formations. And what I think is really important here is that Kolontai is highlighting the fact that ordinary people, Ordinary workers, ordinary men, women, and children, and people of other genders are going to be harmed by what essentially is elite competition over the division of the world's resources. And while I am incredibly impressed by the admirable solidarity and heroism of the Ukrainian people as they stand up to the invasion of their country. We also have to keep in mind always the larger context of these conflicts and how very quickly they might escalate into a conflagration as serious as the First World War, but only more serious in 2022 because of the threat of nuclear weapons. I think the key thing here is that militarism always benefits the elites. We whip up nationalistic sentiments. We whip up all sorts of sympathy for underdogs we whip up all sorts of kind of crusading defensive ideologies of how we have a responsibility to protect those out there fighting on the front lines of the ideals that we value but we must realize that in history These kinds of sentiments, these kinds of ideological justifications for militarism often do not benefit the young people who are fighting these wars, who will have to deal with the consequences of these conflicts, but end up benefiting the people who are already the beneficiaries of an unjust distribution of resources in our society. That's what I have to say at this point. Not scripted, not prepared. For International Women's Day. I do send everybody greetings and I hope everyone is taking care of themselves and their loved ones in this period of incredible heightened anxiety and depression and fear all around the world. And as always, thank you so much for listening and keep up the good fight.